This is episode 43 of the Just Get Started podcast, and my guests for today are the founders of Tactic Nutrition, Alex Parker and Meredith Root. Let's get it started. Hey gang, and welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco. Thanks again for being a part of this journey. Excited to have you here for another episode and have a great one in store for you today because it really combines a couple of my passions in life, entrepreneurship, as well as fitness and nutrition into one episode, which is really neat. You know, when I get the opportunity on this episode, as well as all these others, to talk with folks from all across the map that are just trying to be fulfilled in life trying to break outside their comfort zone, outside of those society norms, and really just kind of crush it on things that make them happy um, and trying to explore kind of the endless possibilities that are out there. So this one doesn't disappoint as well. I get to talk with Alex Parker and Meredith Root, um, who founded Tactic Nutrition. You can find them online um, at Tactic Nutrition, T-A-C-T-I-C Nutrition on Instagram, their website, tacticmethod.com. And then you can also find individually Alex Parker at AAParker1 on Instagram and Meredith Root at Meredith underscore Root, R-O-O-T on Instagram as well. But had a phenomenal chat with these gals. Um, They are awesome. Um, Just kind of understanding their upbringing, how they got into CrossFit, um, we talked a lot of different things about nutrition and dieting and those type of things. So I think you guys are going to get a ton out of this episode. A lot of good, uh, lot of good stories are shared throughout. So without further ado, let's jump into my chat today with Alex and Meredith. Let's get it started. Alex and Meredith, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, excited to get, uh, chat with you all. I know we have some mutual friends, and uh, you know, when I came across some of your stuff, I, I thought it was neat what you guys obviously accomplished from a, an athletic standpoint, and now what you're trying to do from a business uh, standpoint, which is really neat. And I want to get into all of that. Um, I thought we would take a step back, and you guys could each answer this separately, um, and we'll kind of try to come up close to present day um, as we as we go through the journey here. But I'm curious if you guys can start out just talking about how how you guys got into fitness, nutrition in your past? Was that something always a part of your upbringing? Is that something you guys kind of came apart later in your life? You had some epiphany or some experience that changed that? I'm always curious how people start with that and whoever wants to take that first and run with it. Um, yeah, I'll go first. This is Meredith. Um, so like I grew up being, I grew up fairly active. So played lots of sports when I was younger. Um, but mostly was a competitive swimmer um that's what i was i spent most of my free time doing when i was you know young in middle school high school age played some soccer ran track kind of just really kept busy playing sports um wasn't quite good enough at swimming to swim at a division one school which is where i wanted to go for um for engineering so like i did some club but kind of just ran out of time to do it competitively while also pursuing an engineering degree in undergrad. Um, So when I graduated um, university, I was kind of in need of a new pastime. Um, I knew I didn't really want to go back into swimming or get involved in like any of the master's teams. So I sort of got involved in some 
triathlons um and then like distance running which i wasn't a huge fan of but it it worked with my schedule and like is easy enough to do um and then just kind of found crossfit um by accident like there happened to be a gym close to my house um so i just stopped in like i had heard about it from some friends um kind of stopped in to see what it was about and uh yeah it was immediately hooked like i kind of knew and like right off the bat that it was something i was really going to enjoy just because it seemed like a different way of of training it involved a lot of different movements um and then found out that you could compete in it like as a sport which also interested me as a kind of competitive person growing up um and that was 2012 so i started crossfit in june of 2012 um and i wasn't like some phenomenal like i feel like a lot of these like crossfit games athletes um start out and people like well they're like wow like you're so good at this that you get noticed right away which is what alice will tell you when she tells you her story um but i wasn't someone that like no one was marveling at my athletic prowess on my first day of crossfit like it was quite the opposite i think the only thing that i could do that was particularly impressive was like a, a bunch of strict pull-ups which is kind of rare for a, a, a female starting out in crossfit um but like wasn't particularly good at crossfit i was not strong like the only thing i really had to my benefit was a really good cardiovascular base from swimming and running and cycling and all that stuff um so yeah i just kind of chipped away at it for a couple of years got involved in olympic weightlifting like i showed a little bit of an aptitude for that sport so um got involved with that on a competitive level in 2013 um went to let's see across my weightlifting career i did three american opens uh and two usaw national appearances and that was back when it was still pretty difficult to qualify for american open um they got a little more inclusive lately so I competed in two different weight classes there i was ranked top 10 in both um and that was actually the first time that i got sort of into nutrition so like what the nutrition thing started when i started weightlifting because that's a weight class sport you have to pay a little more attention to where you are on the scale and um you know i learned a lot about managing my own nutrition um while i did that i managed i never got a coach i kind of managed my own cuts like i learned a lot about that aspect of the sport just through reading and um and that was always that's always pretty easy for me because i'm a like my scientific background just like understanding the nutritional principles is becomes pretty naturally to me um so i got out of um out of weightlifting full-time in 2015 kind of re-entered crossfit and became like wanted to get more competitive with that and kind of use the skills that i developed in olympic lifting which helps not only my like Olympic lifting with CrossFit, but also like really is beneficial to gymnastic development and body awareness. Um, so I ended up qualifying for my first regionals in 2015. Individually decided to go team that year. Um, qualified again in 2016, which is also when I quit my full-time job as a um, as an engineer working for a biopharmaceutical company in RTP. And um, yeah, started focusing more on training full-time in 2016 qualified in 2017 but had to pull out due to an injury and uh we all know what happened in 2018 so uh that's kind of that gets you up to speed present day um it's funny like i became a lot better at crossfit i think when i when i switched away from doing it like i'll say quote unquote full-time because i don't really think that full-time crossfit is a, a thing 
Um, but when I focus more on like, okay, I need to find something to do for work that is not coaching uh, or managing a gym. So that's when I became a little more involved with coaching nutrition and I started developing in that way. Um, when I had something else to focus on, which was nutrition and managing Alex last year when she was doing her lawyer thing, I actually had a lot more success in, in CrossFit. And I think it's because I kind of took my attention away from it. Like wasn't microscopic about every like single little thing I was doing. My training got a lot better. And I switched coaches too. And that helped me out a lot. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my history with CrossFit. That's a good, no, that's a good cliff notes version there. That'll, the, that definitely helps set the table. So, so Alex yeah. for yourself, so obviously you went the lawyer route. You didn't go the engineering. How did, talk to us about, again, your upbringing. Did you have a similar, or did you have a lot of sports were involved in a lot of that early on, or, or was it a little bit different for you? Yeah, I was very similar to Meredith, like obsessed with sports. And when I mean obsessed, like it was weird. I was like 10 years old and I would miss birthday parties for soccer practice. Um, nothing has really changed now. <laughs> I basically am just as obsessed and like interested in what's going to help me perform the best. I love, I love like moving, competing, um, getting stronger, like physical stuff. Just it's where I'm, I feel like the most alive. And, and so growing up, my mom and dad kind of put both me and my sister in a ton of different sports, like everything. And then we kind of narrowed in on, we played uh, soccer in the fall, played golf in the summer and then ski, Alpine ski race in the winter. And I ended up going, I ended up kind of around 18. You kind of had to, had to pick. I went the ski route and was on the national development team, Canadian national development team for a year. And then my sister kind of went the golf route. Um, and we both ended up on uh, scholarships in the U.S. I went to the University of Alaska, Anchorage, and then skied competitively for four years there doing NCAA and going to school, obviously. And then um, when I graduated, I took a year off. Um, I knew I wanted to go to law school, but I hadn't really started the process of applying to schools and taking the LSAT. So I took a year off and that's when I got into CrossFit around, yeah, the end of 2012. And I basically walked into a gym wanting to learn how to rope climb so that I could compete in a Spartan event that my cousin had told me to come try. So I went in to try to learn how to rope climb and fell in love with it the first day. I remember like the gym owner was pretty impressed with my capabilities just because I like with skiing you're training in the gym a lot so I kind of had done a lot of the movements and having just finished up like my athletic career it was a really great option for me to stay competitive and stay involved in sports um, and then I went to law school so I moved cities I went I was in Edmonton Alberta which is three hours from where I live now found a new gym there, basically trained and went to law school and qualified for the, I had basically, I qualified for regionals in 2013, like a few months after I'd started uh, CrossFit and have been to regionals since. I qualified for the games in 2015. So while I was in law school and kind of similar to Meredith, I wasn't training a ton. Like I was doing one session per day because I didn't have time. 
be doing it all day long. Um, and I think that kind of helps like find a balance. You're not obsessed with CrossFit, but you also have an outlet to get away from the academics. And then in 2017, I took another year off because I didn't want to start articling, which is basically like very intensive, I guess you could say an internship for being a lawyer. I had a position at a big firm. So I delayed that for a year, which is unheard of, but they allowed that so that I could focus on CrossFit. Last year, I did the year of articling, hated every second of it. So as soon as, so in order to become an actual practicing lawyer, um, you have to article for a year. So I completed that and then quit my job and kind of jumped into this nutrition thing because through all this, like CrossFit and um, law, all the other academics and stuff, I've always been super interested in optimizing performance and obviously nutrition is a huge aspect of that so kind of learning a bit more about the science and then uh watching meredith doing her coaching through another company i was intrigued and jumped into that as i was kind of winding down the law thing and now yeah we're where we are now um started our own business for nutrition coaching and that's about it yeah, that's both kind of neat tracks, which is cool. And and I, I definitely can see some similarities there. You know, you use the word obsessed, which I'll get back to a little later, which I think is vital, especially as an entrepreneur. I'm curious, and I've sold and I've tried to sell enough people on CrossFit over the, the podcast I've been doing here. I'm curious from your guys' perspective, what was the, I guess, the big keys for you early on in CrossFit? Like what made it stick for you? And, and maybe... To most of the folks out there that are not going to go to the CrossFit Games ever, what would you say is advice for them of of why they should try it if they never had? Because I think everyone has the, you know, the CrossFit cult kind of thing, and people like you know have their their jokes about it. But it is phenomenal. I mean, I've been doing it for a little over a year now, um, and it's it's been life changing. What would you guys say to folks listening that maybe are trying to get in shape or want to try something different? They they've been kind of going around in circles. Maybe give CrossFit a chance. Um, I think I'm a huge advocate for CrossFit at the affiliate level. I think some people get the wrong impression. They watch Netflix documentaries and see CrossFit Games athletes and they're a little bit intimidated. I tried, when I first tried CrossFit, like the reason I was taking a year off after university was I had gone through some, um, I lost like two family members to cancer. So it's pretty, uh, I'm just taking some time to spend time with my family and stuff. And I had found CrossFit when I was, struggling the most and for me it was finding that competitive outlet uh and athletics after skiing but I think the big thing was having a community um of Mm like-minded individuals to see on a daily basis and whether you're you're in to compete or whether you're in to just get a good sweat like everyone is there to kind of be a better version of themselves and everybody in class no matter what your capabilities in almost every gym i've walked into actually in every gym i've walked into all around the world you're gonna just find so much support for literally every single person it doesn't matter who you are or what your background is or what your goals are like no one cares and it's just it's a very healthy environment there is a bit of a kool-aid and i think that it's because people find what they need 
in in that community, what, whatever it may be. Yeah, I think that's that's said pretty well. Is is it's not one size. You know, it's I I again I went for certain reasons, probably different than you guys did, and it's just great where you can kind of adapt to that and and you know hopefully you know be successful not only in just fitness but nutrition and and other things as well. So uh, that's well said. What do you guys find from? And I'm going to kind of jump around here just because I generally do. Um, what do you guys find, like, especially when you're working from a nutrition standpoint with folks? And maybe, maybe this is stuff you guys learned over the years. Like, what's the average person missing when it comes to nutrition? What What is the the simple things they can be doing that they're not doing right now? Um, I think that the average person is, like, it's probably consistency. Um consistency with doing anything like it just it you it's people have such a, a um a hard time just deciding what is working and what isn't working because like they'll eat you know they'll try something for a week or a couple of days and they're like oh that's not working but like your body takes so long to respond to um nutritional modifications that like you really have to stick with something for a couple of weeks months like year to really see if it works. Um, and it's, it's a kind of an unfortunate side effect of the diet and nutrition industry as it exists in popular media. Um, because a lot of the nutrition companies that are out there are built on kind of fad dieting and cleanses and detoxes and 30 day challenges. And so people kind of get this impression that like, that's how they need to diet. Like they need to do something for 30 days. And if it doesn't work in 30 days, it's not effective. Um, when like, um, that's not, oops, one second. That's not, um, going to work and be, it's not feasible long-term. Like the best diet is a diet that you can, you can stick with for the rest of your life. Um, like everybody's got, like, you don't need to be on a diet. Everybody has a diet and it's just, it's how do you eat, how do you eat like 80% of the time? Um, so I think like optimizing that and like getting out of the getting away from mentality that you have to be dieting that you have to be doing actively doing something um i think that's just that's the big disconnect for like society in general um and then of course like that same mentality exists in crossfit gyms and regular gyms and just even in really active and fairly healthy populations of people it, Meredith, was it was it you that had the Instagram? Uh, I don't know. It, I don't want to call it war with J Lo. What was the thing you posted <laughs> recently? Yeah, that was me. Um, that was in response to uh, a segment on the Today Show where basically J Lo was getting some attention um, for doing this like no no sugar no carb ten day challenge, and it just it was all over the Today Show because she challenged some of the news anchors there like Hoda Copy and Carson Daly to to join in on our challenge and it just like it really irritated me seeing like seeing that just in general and then seeing it get that kind of coverage um you know because essentially they it's you know they were eliminating um all added sugar and then like and then carbs so bread products like I'm pretty sure they weren't eating fruit I'm not positive the actual specifics because I never actually saw any specifics released from her end or from the Today Show, which made the challenge even more dangerous to be promoting. 
Um, you know, because things like vegetables have carbs. So if you take that absolutely, like, to its most literal point, people are eating, what are they eating? Like, meat and fat, and that's it? Um, and it just, like, it kind of irritated me, and I realized that no one had really said anything about it. So I was like, well, um, I'm going to say something about it. And I didn't do it to, like, I didn't do it for the, that post to go viral or get a ton of attention. I just did it because, um, you know, I have a small following of sort of, like, nutrition minded like-minded people and i just wanted to put it out there but like the issue that i have with that particular challenge and challenges like that in general is it creates this sort of disordered eating pattern and disordered behavior where you obsessively eliminate one particular food group because you think that it's like quote unquote bad for whatever reason um but then as soon as that 10 days is is up you're like i think j-lo and her husband you know alex rodriguez was like they binge binged on pizza and like pastries and candies and things. And I'm like, that's like, that is so unhealthy. Like any weight that you may have lost over the challenge, which is probably mostly water weight anyways, you're going to gain back after you eat two entire pizzas and a bunch of chicken wings. Like it just, um, it really kind of struck a nerve with me. And then like seemed, it seemed like it struck a nerve with a lot of people with based on the response that that post got. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things that's, you know, the, you guys mentioned earlier, the consistency. And I think I see this a lot. I mean, again, I see this personally, but with a lot of other folks was they jump on something really quick, the instant gratification world we live in and expect all these, mm. like if they don't get results in seven to 10 days, or as you're saying a couple of weeks, it's like, ah, I'm going to quit this. It's not working. Instead of realizing like, no, Rome wasn't built in a day, you know, neither mm. was your body. It takes some time there. So I, I agree with you on That's why I was refreshing. I wanted to bring it up that you, you kind of mentioned that. Um, Because I thought it was something that needed to be said because a lot of people do look up to the JLo's of the world. And if they're giving bad advice, uh, you know, that's not really helpful for millions of people. So, yeah, you can kind of think of it like um, if you ever stayed in a really bad hotel or a hotel with a really bad like thermostat air conditioning unit. And it's like, you know, it hits whatever set point and then like the heat cuts on, it gets really hot. And then it's like, oh, it's hot. And then the air cuts on, it gets really cold. And you're just like constantly over responding. Like, that's kind of how the diet, like, that's how people diet, right? It creates that, like, yo-yo effect. Whereas, like, what you want is just very slight modifications based on whatever, like, long-term trajectory you're on. And that kind of, like, that gets you away from these, like, big, um, like, these huge changes and kind of, like, now you start oscillating right around whatever set point you want to, you know, you want to be at long-term versus, like, just overreacting to very small amounts of, information and time you know the the, one thing i want to get into and this kind of ties everything together i think as we as we kind of go forward in the conversation how did you well so both you guys obviously are passionate about nutrition right and and coaching and those type of things was that always like when as you guys were going through and, and individual crossfit athletes and those type of things did you guys always want to run your own business and do something like that? Or was that something that was born out of necessity where you saw a lot of issues or problems or whatever? Cause you both obviously were, you know, engineering and, and, you know, lawyer, right? Those are, Hey, we go into a job, we work for many years, maybe the same firm company, et cetera, run out your own business a lot different. Where did that come about? Um, for me, like my goal was, I wanted to be, or at least I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. So owning a business, like being a lawyer is great because once you're a lawyer, like you have a career, like most, there's always somewhere to work. Um, There's just a path to follow. 
you know, you're an associate and then you're a senior associate and then hopefully you get partner at whatever firm or you go in-house. Like there's kind of like a pathway. It's a, there's security. And I think with Meredith, it was uh, similar in her job. Like she had a really, a really great job um, that she enjoyed to a certain extent. But then um, when you're not, at least for me, I wasn't really passionate about the law and I didn't like the fact that the lifestyle of being a lawyer took away from a lot of other things I enjoy doing, like working out and eating healthy. It's just a, it's a very demanding job. And so when I got started getting involved in coaching nutrition, which was not too long ago, it was like instantly I was really excited. And it's really great to be able to use the information I've gathered for my own benefit and then also just over the past few months of reading and becoming, having more time to invest in learning, sharing that information with people is, is really great. I think well, Meredith and I were both working for another company, Meredith, for much longer than I, I was. And we were getting a lot of interest in us specifically. And so our coach, our CrossFit coach, who also owns a small company, he's, he runs a programming company urged us to start our own company and that's kind of something that we never really thought of doing until he suggested it what uh what year did your guys pass cross when did you guys first meet um when did we first meet well we first met um i saw her at the 2015 games although it wasn't like ooh, that's that's alex parker like that's someone i'm interested in i just i knew she was there um and I noticed her because that was the year that she ordered her clothes are all too big. So I'm like, who is this teenage athlete with this giant t-shirt? But anyways, um, we met at the 2016, uh, the 2016 games, right? Yeah. Just in Vendor Village. Um, I went up and introduced myself. She says like, you know, when I walked up, I was all googly eyed and in love already, but I wasn't, I was pretty cool. Um, we met there and then um, our paths didn't cross again until Wadapalooza in 2017. So about six months, eight months after that. Um, you know, we had chatted back and forth online a little bit and, um, you know, met up again there. And um, yeah, then kind of started dating long distance for a while because I was still in North Carolina at that point. Um, so dated long distance until November of that year. And that's when I moved to Calgary, December, 2017. And I'm curious, like the balance, right? With, with now a business thrown in, talk about that dynamic there. What are the, what are the challenges you guys go through? I know, you know, some other people go through this as well. I'm curious if you can share any challenges or maybe everything's hunky dory and, and there's no issues. <laughs> I don't know, but like, how do you delegate yeah. stuff out? Who who handles what part of the business? You know, those are things that's really in intriguing to me. Yeah, um, everything's pretty, like, it goes pretty well for the most part. Um, the good thing is, like, when we started out, we were we were fairly, I mean, I won't say small. Like, we both had a, a fair number of clients um, starting out. But it was something, like, we could both be involved on, like, kind of every single business task that um, that occurred. So I think like starting out, you know, Alex, just because of her connections with 
um, the law firm that she was working at, she took care of our incorporation and kind of like the legal back end of of starting a, a actual company. And then I kind of took care of like, well, we need some software, like we need software to manage clients. And I had experience with that from managing a gym for a couple of years. So I kind of took the, the lead on that. So that was like an easy delegation. Um, and then like the little things like, you know, new client intake, we always kind of look at, you know, when we get information about a client, like who do we think they would kind of jive well with, we're a little bit different in the way that we coach. So, and we both have particular clients, like types of clients that we like working with. So we always keep that in kind of the fronts of our minds, but um, we are getting to the point like size wise where a little delegation is having to occur. So we can't both have our hands on like every single task. And I think that's um, like, that just requires some, some trust and it's sort of building those habits around like, okay, like I know this is going to get done. And it's going to be done well, even if I'm not the one doing it. And I think she feels the same way. But it's, um, you know, it's, it's it's managing being as involved as we can both be and like in all of the decision making without being redundant in what we're doing and being inefficient in the way that we work. So that's kind of an ongoing process. Like we, the kind of what makes us unique as a nutrition company is that we're not just a sole entity. Like there's, there's so many people who are coaching nutrition now. Like I feel like, you know, I click on a profile on Instagram and it's like, Oh, nutrition coach. And I'm like, Oh, of course you are. Um, you know, and there, there's a lot of people that are working on islands, but you know, we have a cool dynamic and we have conversations about clients and, you know, it's, um, it's rare that a decision, a, a major decision is made about a direction to go with one of our clients without the two of us discussing it. And it's not only to make sure that we're making the best decision, but it also allows us to learn like at double speed. Like we're exposed to um, twice as many data points and twice as many clients as maybe a normal, like just single singular nutrition coach would be, which is kind of cool. And it allows us to progress and be really good at our job that way. And you all mentioned you had, I think it was your CrossFit coach that kind of, you know, encouraged you to to start the business. Do you, it, it might be that person or maybe others, what kind of mentors do you guys have from a business standpoint that maybe give you certain advice or maybe what advice have they given you kind of embarking on this new journey? Yeah, I think our coach um, was probably the biggest advisor and mentor starting out. And like by mentor, I mean, he kind of kicked us out of the nest and was like, you know, he pointed out, like, if you're, you know, you're, if you're in this for the long term, which I kind of was getting to that point with this career, then I need to be involved, like, we need to be controlling the trajectory of our own business. So he was a major, um, definitely advisor and mentor starting out. As far as learning, like, I learned a lot from my previous boss with, um, you know, the other, the company that I worked for before owning, before starting Tactics. So as far as like the best way to communicate communicate with clients, um, you know, a lot of the resources that I currently use now, I I learned and I picked up, and I just I saw what worked and what didn't work, and I picked a lot of that up from him. Um, but as far as like business development goes, I think we're like we're actually we're honestly doing something that's so different than like 90% of the nutrition companies out there. That if we were to to you know be officially mentored or try to find someone to advise us, I would probably look outside of the nutrition 
industry because frankly like the products that i think are available outside of you know us and a handful of other a small handful of other companies are so inferior from a actual coaching and relationship standpoint like i actually can't believe people pay for it to be honest it, it, and obviously there, there you know seems like some opportunity out there what is the what do you guys find from again running a business day to day that might help others out there that are thinking of jumping in um, kind of the deep end and starting their own what's the biggest challenge or hurdle you guys have jumped through um, so far with the business um with the biz the nature of our business and that is that it's um, very like remote there aren't a ton of overhead costs and there weren't a ton of startup costs which was um a little bit more appealing than say opening up a crossfit gym uh, but moving forward, there's still like the amount of small and big tasks that you have to do on a day-to-day -day basis um, on top of communicating with clients and making sure everybody, you're keeping up with everyone's lives and what macros they're on and how they're doing. Um, it's very time consuming and balancing that time with our training and things like that, it's a little bit more time consuming than I think it was as expected. Uh, and then the main struggle for me is just the fear of failure. Like it's, you're in control, but you're also not sure. And I think the, a bit of the unknown, like it's something we've never done before and we're not following a direct path. It's just kind of like trying to figure out what works, how to grow, how to kind of get some traffic, put ourselves out there, put some information out there, try to just gain traction and interest. So I think that's kind of the main, I guess, speed bumps. Yeah, the small stuff. And then just like like consistently adding value and like, um, you know, making the communication as authentic and open as it can be, you know, remote over text message. Like that's, I think the biggest hurdle in remote coaching in general is like, how do I build a relationship with clients to like, so they trust me enough to share the information that I need to know in order to effectively do my job. So um, it's, it's kind of like, I want to create a little bit of gray area with clients. Like I'm, I recognize that you're paying me and you know, you're my client, but I also want you to know, like, you know, we're like, we're friends and I do like, I genuinely, care and i i don't care because you're paying me i care because i want to i want you to achieve your goals and i want to help you live a like healthier and happier life and i think that um you know that's the value of our product and that's what makes us a little bit different and it's just like that's a hard thing to to do like it's actually it's difficult to do three times a week and have it feel organic and feel authentic so are, are there certain things you guys do? And again, you can go back to the the CrossFit, you know, days or, or competing or what have you, if you want, um, or obviously from a business standpoint, but are there any, you know, habits or routines you guys stick with, like you have to do each and every day to, to keep you on point or stay sane kind of thing? Um, anything you guys do individually or together? Um, habits. I think our, like our biggest habit, like our schedule is pretty much the exact same every single week, which I don't think is unusual, but um, like meal prep's a big habit. Like probably the, the most beneficial habit for us is that we go to bed at a really reasonable hour. I feel like a lot of people let that one slip. Um, what other habits do we have? 
Um, I don't know. It's like it's not actually hard to identify habits because we've been doing them for so long. Um, Is there like certain things like I don't know? You know, I know a lot of folks like hey, they meditate a certain time of day, or they have to you know read this you know a book at a certain time. I don't know if there were certain routines each day to keep you guys in focus, or it's just kind of yeah. helter skelter throughout the day, just depending on the day. Mm-hmm. No, it's definitely not that. Um, I think like there's little things that we we definitely do every single day. Like we. Um, we do this like lemon sea salt water kind of ritual in the morning. Um, we both have our own things that we do at nighttime. They're not exactly the same, but you know, Alex always reads before she goes to bed. Um, I try to go to sleep immediately when I get in the bed, but I think we're just very like every day is pretty much the same. And you don't like, we don't necessarily realize that until we're out of our environment and we're like, you know, visiting family back East or on vacation and, we're not in our routine and then it just feels weird and it's like then we realize how like we really are kind of creatures of habit and you know that's a lot of um I think that's a lot of really successful people out there is they just they kind of operate the exact same way every single day one thing we do do every night is we always tell each other and this is before bed we always ask each other what were the three best parts of your day and sometimes I have clients either write that down or talk to their partners about that stuff. It's a good way to kind of reflect back and like figure out not only what you enjoyed and what worked well, but um, it's good to know kind of what your significant other enjoyed, whether it's work related, they had a, you know, especially good workout. It's kind of good to go to bed on a positive note. I think it's helped me um, just looking back on each day and be like, hmm, that was a, yeah, that was great. Even if, the the day was busy and hectic and crazy. There's always like really good things that you can pick out. I like that advice. I have to circle back to what's the, the lemon sea salt and water. What's that all about? <laughs> so that's this tonic that has a tonic tea mixture. Um, it's mostly water. So like eight to 12 ounces of water, um, about one to two tablespoons of lemon juice, uh, a quarter teaspoon of pink, like Himalayan pink sea salt or any other like very pure salt would work. Um, so there's like, there's a couple of health benefits to it. Like it's, um, it helps with sort of adrenal health. The um, acidity helps kind of get your digestion going first thing in the morning. It balances pH. Um, the, it's a really like, it's a sneaky way to get in 12 ounces of water, right? When you wake up, which a lot of people are underhydrated, So um, that's important. And it's one of those things like it creates like it's sort of a gateway drug into building habits. Like, um, you know, if I can get somebody to do that every single morning, then asking them to meal prep every single meal a couple weeks after that um, is a little bit easier because it gets them it gets them into the habit of having a habit. And so, like, kind of very effective people in general, athletes, business people, they all have. Um, you know, routines and rituals and habits that they, they stick to, even if they're a little bit weird. So that's just kind of what I was. So if you guys had to share and, and you each can give your own advice here, if you'd like, um, I'm curious, and, and I know there's not a silver bullet, but someone listening want to start out or want to change what they're doing now from a nutrition standpoint, or maybe just fitness lifestyle standpoint, any advice you would share with them um, to kind of get them off on the, on the right foot going forward? Um, I would say like, just 
do something. Like it doesn't matter. Like kind of my thing with nutrition and like fitness in general, you don't have to have the perfect, like the perfect program. You don't have to be doing the perfect combination of exercises. You don't have to be eating the exact, you know, ideal macronutrient breakdown for you specifically. Like you need it to be good enough and then just do it consistently. Like it's just, just get started and then stay started doing something like don't a lot of people get lost in the kind of lost in the weeds um with some of the very minute details that don't really matter that much especially not starting out um and it's easy like if you it's easy to to get really hung up on those details and feel like you're failing when you're not when the only failure for for a person is the fact that they're not like sticking with their routine I think the piece of advice, and this is something that you can do, um, speaking to something, just pick something that Meredith was talking about, is it's very simple, and that is to get eight hours of sleep. And it, the way that you figure that out and how to do it is you set your alarm, and then you figure out what is eight hours from that time. So if you get up at 6, then, then that gives you 10 p.m., you go to bed, you're in your bed at 9.30. And then you read or do whatever, not on your phone for half an hour. You talk to somebody or you like reading is a great, a great option for 30 minutes or less. And that's a great way to get eight hours. And even if you don't fall asleep, you know, for an hour or you don't fall asleep till 11, at least it, it gets you in the habit of getting into bed earlier. And hopefully eventually um, it'll get you to sleep by that 10 p.m. mark. Eight hours of sleep is key for everything. It's key for like your internal workings, like your hormones and the way that your brain works and everything in your life will get better if you sleep for eight hours. And that's something that we see a lot of people aren't doing right off the bat. Yeah, both. That's that's great advice from both y'all. And, and I'll agree with the sleep. That's something, you know, I changed a couple of years back and, and definitely more the last year, year and a half where I definitely was getting probably five or six. And I said, I have to have a minimum of seven and it's been a game changer. What's funny is I think you guys would agree with this is when you don't get that, you can tell when you've been consistently yeah. getting seven, eight hours, you can tell when it's like, Oh my God, I only got five tonight. Um, or, or, you know, my, I, I have a, a young child, my son woke me up and it's like, Oh my gosh. Um, I, you know, I'm all, I'm all uh, frazzled. So yeah, I certainly agree with that. That's uh, that's great advice. Um, are you how competitive are you guys with one another? Are you guys, I'm assuming, doing uh, the CrossFit Open coming up here, and do you guys <laughs> battle Royale on that? What's kind of I'm I'm curious. Um, everything is a competition. Yeah, we're so competitive. Like it's not even funny. Like I was don't even want to talk about it. Should have told you that was off limits. No, um, we actually, uh, and not because we are too competitive with each other, we're not doing the CrossFit Open this year. Um, just there's no advancing for us. Um to the games from the open like that's just not a route that's going to be available because we can't really come top 20 in the world um, especially not living at elevation so we decided this year to skip it and go the they have these sanctioned events so we're going to go that route for trying to qualify for the games and just focus on training for that versus kind of screwing ourselves up for the five weeks um, that are the CrossFit open but last year um, last year was pretty kind of a unique situation because I had moved, um, obviously moved to Calgary and I brought a friend of mine from also from Raleigh with me. 
And, um, and like the benefit, part of the benefit of being in Canada, the Canada West region is that it's sort of notoriously one of the easier regions to qualify for regionals from. Like um, it combines with the Northwest, like even qualifying for the games is much easier out of the kind of the Northwest, the West region historically. Um, right before, right before I moved last year, they made several announcements, several changes to the regional qualification procedure. And one of them was that the Canada West region, which is our region, was going to, um, they were going to reduce the qualifying spots for regionals from 20 to five. And so um, it made qualifying for regionals ex like extreme, it went from being not competitive to being extremely competitive. Um, and then on top of that, like I'm trying to get a spot Alex is trying to get a spot. And then my training partner, Jordan, who moved with me, also trying to get a spot. We all have the same coach. We all train together. Um, it was an extremely stressful five weeks. And then, like, on top of that, they combined the Canada West, Northwest with the two California regions into kind of the super West regional. So the West region went from being one of the easiest to qualify for the games from to being arguably the most difficult to qualify from. So, um Last year was a little rough from a relationship standpoint because we are both so competitive. Um, and it was like, you know, we were kind of in the top three for all five weeks of the Open. And Alex was doing that while maintaining a really rigorous and very demanding work schedule. And then, you know, when we did qualify for regionals, the competitiveness continued for regionals prep. Um, and um, so that was another six weeks of prepping for regionals and then the actual you know regionals weekend came along and lo and behold Alex and I are in like the top three the first day or top five or whatever it was um so the whole season was just really um really hard and I don't think a lot of people it gets such a unique situation to be in from a like as a competitor I don't think there's really anyone else that um has been in that situation at least not you know, not this level, not both trying to and being within striking distance of, you know, games qualifying spots at the end of a regionals weekend. Like, um, so that was, it's been, it's kind of a relief to not, to not do the open this year for a lot of reasons, but that's, that's one of them. We get to skip the heartache of like trying to, to beat each other on the leaderboard every week. I mean, we still compete, we still train together and have workouts where we go back and forth, but it's not quite as, um, I don't know. We probably compete against each other in three to four different workouts in a week. And just the other day, I gave myself a nosebleed going so hard trying to beat Meredith. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, yeah, that'll, <laughs> well, you guys seem like you have a lot of fun. So that's awesome that you, uh, you can be competitive like that. And, um, you know, again, I think that only helps you guys push each other, which is cool. So we're, uh, where yeah. can everyone find you all online? Um, we both have Instagram, so you can find me. Um, it's at Meredith underscore root. Alex is at AA Parker one. And then our, um, nutrition company is at tactic nutrition. Um, and then Alex's mom just got an Instagram. So that's going to go live soon. It'll be an exciting moment. For you want to give a shout out to that? So everyone can follow her. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's at, at Alex's mom, Brenda. Oh, that's wonderful. That's awesome. Uh, well, you guys are a lot of fun. This was awesome to have you on and kind of share some of the journey a little bit. I know we went on a lot of tangents, which is always cool. 
um, to kind of get a little bit more insight into there. But uh, I appreciate you guys joining that. This was awesome. Yeah, you got Thanks it. Thanks for having us. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed that interview. And one more quick thing before you head off on your day. If you don't mind, head over to iTunes, leave me a review, let me know how I'm doing. I certainly appreciate the feedback. It only is going to make this podcast better each and every episode. As always, you guys can find me online, uh, brianondraco.com. That's B-R-I-A-N-O-N-D-R-A-K-O, as well as on Instagram or Twitter, at brianondraco. Thanks again for listening in. I hope you guys have a great day, a phenomenal week. And we'll see you soon. Take care. Just get started.